We're live. I just got told we're live, which is so much better than, than not being live. Good afternoon. This is our, what, 37th or 38th episode, John? We're getting up there. Nine months. Nine yeah. months we're doing. 37. Nine months and one week. As I said last week, we could have had a baby. So this we is could've. our 37th week. Uh, we're so excited. Our, our audience keeps growing here at 62. Who knew? I was going to do this at the end of the show, but I'm going to do it now just in case so we don't forget because our guest... Uh, is so interesting. It's the fourth time he's going to been on, he's been on, and we always run out of things. To, uh, we run out of time when he comes on. So I am going to tell you that. Well, first let me welcome Nada. Hello, Nada. Hello, Nada's Mike. Um, we are not. I don't know if you would call it a rebranding, but we are going to be slightly changing sixty two who's new sixty two who news brand to sixty two who knew the longevity initiative. Just think about that for a second, the longevity initiative, because that is what this show is about, longevity, uh, having a high quality of life for as many years up into those 90s, even approaching 100 as you possibly can. And we hope every guest that we bring on helps you have that longevity with a quality of life. So I'm actually going to skip the synopsis of the show because I really want to get right to it uh, uh, tonight uh, or to this afternoon or it's seven o'clock. That's night, right? It's night. It's just evening. So bright out. How about evening? Yeah, it's just so light out here in Florida. Um, tonight, our guest for the fourth time again is Mr. Mark Goldberg, uh, one of the premier long-term care experts uh, in the country. This is his fourth time on. No one has been on more than twice, so that means he's literally making twice the appearance as anybody. Very else. special. And as I started to say earlier, uh, Bob Hope. Uh, appeared on Johnny Carson more times than anybody ever in all the years that Johnny Carson was on. And I am hoping that um, Mr. Mark Goldberg is our Bob Hope here on 62 Who Knew. And, of course, you know, when he's not here, um, he's probably with soldiers somewhere. But I don't know if he's telling jokes or doing other things. We just don't know what Mark does when he's not here. But without further ado, extraordinaire, long-term care insurance expert, and all fooling around aside, a very wonderful human being uh, that has helped so many people in his career. Uh, even though I haven't, had need, I haven't had the need for long-term care, I don't think he realizes how much he's helped me the last 10 years learn, grow, meet people in his industry uh, from around the country. I think people like you, Mark, and, uh, and Peter Gelbach sometimes don't realize uh, the effect you have on those around you, on those uh, who you call friend. And it, it's just been incredible, and I hope you are the Bob Hope of, uh, of the 62 Who Knew clan. Those are kind, kind words, Michael. Thank you very much. And the feelings are very mutual, as you know. Uh, I've learned a lot about um, the reverse mortgage business and other areas of finance from you. So it, it's a two-way street. And I always learn when I'm in the presence of the wonderful Nada. 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 <laughs> Nada right? Nobody can ever get my Nobody name right. Nobody can get it. Nada, Nada, like Nada, Grenada. Yeah, like I'm not say, from Grenada. <laughs> she likes to say like Nada from Grenada. Did they invade Grenada for you, Nada? What was that? When they invaded Grenada, you were the reason, right? When they, <laughs> they went to save her. I, I prefer... Darth Nader. That's how I remember it. Oh, Darth, oh, Darth Nader. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's an E R. It's N A I D A. Yes. You know, Michael, that if Ella Fitzgerald married Darth Vader, she'd be Elevator. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I've never heard that. <laughs> I, that's just fantastic. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, you know, we discussed today. Um, 
you know, and we were saying it before, I just said it on my Facebook Live. Sometimes Nate and I discuss during the week where we're at the mortgage company, you know, are we turning 62 who knew, you know, into a long-term care slash annuity slash Medicare supplement slash reverse mortgage life insurance type of show with a sprinkle of other stuff. And I have to tell you, with this week being week number 37, you know, sometimes I was worrying about that. But really, the last two weeks, I've stopped worrying about that because it seems like no matter what national author we bring on, no matter who comes on to talk about financial planning and what's most important, it always gets back to if you want to protect your assets, if you want to have that quality of life, if you want to be home when you can live longer with quality care, you have to have long-term care. So if the fate of 62 who knew is you know, to be mainly or a lot about long-term care as we start living longer, then that may be what we're here for, with a sprinkle of other things. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop worrying about it and embrace it. Well, Michael, you know, that's that's probably, you know, you should probably run toward it because it does impact a whole lot of other things. And, and yet, I'd like to go off in a little bit of a different direction. We can come back to the long-term care. Not that this is a sort of subset of all that. You mentioned that you're going to have the show focus on longevity. Mm-hmm. And living longer and you know again um when it comes to uh, long-term care is something that goes hand in hand with that i mean mm-hmm. when people founded social security mm-hmm. back in the you know during the the in the 60s they made the retirement age 65 because the average life expectancy was like 63 and a half that's right people don't understand that right exactly so so the idea was that we weren't living anywhere near as long as we are living now. But now that, you know, we're living so much longer and it's put a strain on all these different um, uh, programs that the government offers, it really does change a whole lot about how we have to plan when we get older uh, and how we're going to spend our retirement years, our golden years, if you will. And um, uh, again, I, I think that's a wonderful theme. It, do you know which society in the world where the population lives the longest? No, where? Japan. Really? Japan. I read this just last week. The average uh, life expectancy in Japan is something like 83 and a half years old, but they've got more people over 100 than any other in pop- comparison in population numbers of anywhere in the I never would have guessed that. Did they give any type of scientific reason? I mean, uh, I would ne- that wouldn't have been even in my top five. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Um, it, it's it, it's not solely what you think. It's not a you know diet or exercise or anything like that. It has a lot to do with a combination of of all the different things. Um, but I'm trying to remember the name. They, they, there's this place. There's like five places in the world that they go to that, that are real big on longevity. One of them is in California, back Southern California. Really. But, but the most dominant one is in is in um, Japan. They call them blue spaces or something. Anyway, That's they're, um, they they, uh, they and they study these people as to why they live so much longer than everyone else. And it's a combination of a, a whole lot of things. You, know? and you always find the person that says they eat bacon every day and have a shot of whiskey and yeah. they're 103 years old. So go figure. But um, you know, I, it certainly has something to do with your genes and starting off. 
you know, with, with good mm-hmm. genetics to begin with. That helps. Uh, goes a long way. But of course, look what we've done with medical science and, and the like. Um, I mean, you know, Willard Scott used to make a big deal about people turning 100 today. Yeah, we, I, that's the growing, that's yeah. the fastest growing part of the population of people. Isn't that amazing when you think about it? He, I speak about that sometimes at my uh, public speaking that I remember when he would every week say happy birthday to everybody right. turning 100. But now there's everybody something turning like 100 today. You couldn't possibly do that. You yeah. wouldn't have enough broadcast time. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so again, uh, and, we're, and again, the one of the consequences of living longer is the fact that the longer you live the more likely you'll need some sort of care that's right you know and it, i mean um, certainly living longer is better than the alternative yeah that's and sure. um uh, and so that's when you again uh, almost all long-term care policies are are triggered by either needing help with activities of daily life bathing dressing Toileting, transferring, feeding, continence, um, those things, and or um, uh, a cognitive reason, mm-hmm. senility, dementia, that kind of thing. And when you think about it, bathing, dressing, toileting, transferring, continence, uh, uh, it, those kinds of things, you couldn't do any of those things when you were born. Yeah. You had to learn to do each one of them. And amazing? somebody was doing it for you. Right. Somebody was doing it for you. And if you live long enough, guess what? Somebody's going to be doing it for you again. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That's what they mean by that saying, you know, uh, um, once uh, once an adult, twice a child. Well, that's what it uh-huh. is. You circle in the circle of life um, because you end up back where you began. One of the things that I, I know I've mentioned it before on the show that that um uh, that Jerry Seinfeld says is your first birthday and your last birthday is so similar. You're sitting in a chair, uh, you have all sorts of people around you that you don't know, and you have cake all over yourself. You know, your first <laughs> birthday and your last birthday. <laughs> That's right, exactly right. Yeah, he's, he's right, and you know, I think it's a misnomer to call this um, uh, long-term care. Uh, I really do think a better name for it is extended care mm-hmm. because it's when you need care for an extended period of time. Again, uh, Medicare and your health insurance, if you're younger, will help you with short-term issues, but they won't do a thing for you when it comes to long-term care. And long-term care, by definition, is something that's diagnosed to last 90 days or more. Mm-hmm. doesn't actually have to last 90 days. If the doctor just says he thinks it will, then it qualifies to be long-term care. Mm-hmm. And so, again, uh, th- that's the big distinction. Uh, and you almost always, uh, it's a chronic illness, uh, meaning that it, it, you know, it's not something you're just simply going to get better from. Right. Medicare's rules are very simple when it comes to this. They won't pay for any what they call custodial care, um, you know, activities of daily life or cognitive reasons, literally nothing. They'll only pay for skilled care and only if you've gone to the hospital first, spent at least three days not counting your discharge day, and then are diagnosed to get better from whenever it was you went to the hospital for in the first place. Mm -hmm. If you're not going to get better, they're not going to cover you. And that's when you need the coverage the most. Yeah, exactly. Now, (laughs) Medicare will pay... For up to 20 days of skilled care, um, if you if the doctor says you need skilled care, they'll pay for up to 20 days of skilled care. But they will um, uh, then they, a big deductible kicks in, 
And if you have a Medicare supplement, it will pay for the next 80 days of skilled care. But then you, uh, you're on your own. And mm -hmm. that's really when a long-term care policy becomes most important to have. Yeah. Now, in the past, we've talked about alternatives to long-term care. But I'm here to, to, today um, to, to sort of tease your audience a little bit. Uh -huh. um, uh, but the, there's a change coming in the long-term care profession that's going to literally, in my opinion, rewrite the entire book on how we as people approach the long-term care business and long-term care, you know, protecting ourselves from the long-term care events. I used the word consequences earlier. That's the important distinction. Nobody can keep anybody from getting sick. All I can do as a long-term care solution specialist is help people deal with the consequences that come when an event happens to you or a loved one. Mm -hmm. And so by putting a stream of income in place so you don't have to take it out of your savings, it can make such an enormous impact on this, on your spouse's future that it, it, it can't really even be quantified in words. It's just, again, I, I, I think I shared this story before, but I lived it with my mother and father just recently. Um, I shared with you, but my father passed away in January. And after a six-year-plus battle with Alzheimer's, and it was a blessing because he had gotten to the point that he was sundowning, and he, at night he would forget who we were and, and you know, et cetera. And my mother never had to put him in a nursing home because she had a uh, policy on him. So he, he spent his days in an adult daycare center. And then night he would go to, he, she would bring in help at home to help her get through the evening because he would hallucinate a lot in, in the evening and she couldn't sleep. So, so why don't you let everybody know what sundowning is because I know what it is, but maybe some people don't. Yeah, please do that. Yes, okay. So when you have dementia or Alzheimer's, sundowning is a, a one of the effects that happen as the day goes on and the sun comes down. It impacts the, the brain that much differently. And uh, as a result, my father was, he would know who my mother certainly was during the day and most of the time who we were during the day. But as soon as around 4 o'clock came, 4.30, he, he, all that would just start to fade away. And so that's why they call it sundowning because it would come at night. Uh, and uh, he would he would start to, um, you know, talk in random, nothing that made sense. He could never watch a TV show near the end or a movie or, or anything because he couldn't follow it from beginning to end. Um, it wasn't, he, he didn't have any kind of quality of life. And my father was a very proud man like yours, Michael. He was a very proud man and he, he never um, wanted to ever be a burden to anyone else. You know, uh, as as men, we t tend to see ourselves as the caretakers, as the providers, and we don't want to have anybody else uh, have to change their life because something happens to us. Um, and and so that's the approach that he thought of uh, when it came to long-term care. It wasn't something he was doing for himself, even though he ended up needing it. Right. It was, um, something he was doing for my mother. So she didn't have to change her life. Exactly. And that's, that's a fundamental difference in this because women tend to, and Nada can, can you know, attest to this, women tend to be much more focused on why something 
is good for you? What what what's the benefits of it? What why it works? Men tend to 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 be more risk oriented. When I do seminars, like you were talking about, when I do seminars, I always ask the people in the room, how many people in this room think that one day somebody here will have a need for long-term care? And every hand goes up. And then I go, well, how many think, How many here think it will be you? And almost no hands go up, but none of the men's hands ever go up. I always think it's going to happen to somebody else, even though the, the New England Journal of Medicine will tell you that it's about a 70% chance that it's going to happen to one person or a couple. Oh, yeah. One of the things that uh, that I learned from Bill Comfort, you know, again, he's part of that trio that we're going to talk about before yeah. the end of the show. You're, you're the other third is when he says when people, you know, go to different um, surveys, two out of three people are going to be affected by a long term care event. One survey is 70 percent. And I love the when I hear him say to a huge crowd of people, let's face it, you either will or you won't. When it happens to you, you can't go. Oh my God! I, I thought I was one of the seventy or one of the thirty. With you, it's a fifty-fifty right. shot. Either it will or it won't. Stop looking at surveys. But more importantly, you're making such a great point. I don't even know that you realize it. More importantly, either you have a plan for this or you don't. Right. And if you don't have a plan for this, guess what? Then all of your life savings becomes vulnerable because that's your plan. How much? I like one of the questions I like to ask my my clients is how much money have you set aside from your savings for your long term care? Well, I never thought about it. They say, mm -hmm. right? Well, guess what? That means then you set aside all of it for your long term care. Exactly. If you don't plan, you then all of it's vulnerable. That's so, a very valid point. Yeah. Yeah. So so you, either you 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 have a plan or you don't. And that's what this is about. It's not about, again, I can't keep you from getting sick. I can't keep you from needing care. But I can make sure that you have a plan to deal with the consequences of it if it were to happen. And that's the, the, the difference. And so when people look at this, they need to look at it from that perspective. What's the plan to, for, for us to deal with this? Yeah, like you said, we can, we can keep ignoring it. But yeah. that's not going to serve anything. Yeah. And again, trust me when I tell you, if Nada was your, your, your spouse, she would like to know that you as her husband put a plan in place to take care of her if something happened or to take care of you if something happened. Because guess what? If something happens to you, hers is the life that gets affected. Yeah. And that's, that's, what, yours. that's what always gets me is, mm -hmm. and of course, I've learned this from you. Um, you know, and your father did it, I'm sure, thanks to you. But your father had the the love for your mother to put this in place, well, not really for him, but for yeah. her. But yeah, but, but let, me, let me play uh, true disclosure here. It took me four hours. I'm, I've been in this business 30 years. It took me four hours to convince my mother and father that they <laughs> put a plan in place, and then they only agreed after I agreed to pay the premium. <laughs> <laughs> That's like convincing my relatives into getting a reverse mortgage. Are you yeah, sure right. we should so, do this? I go, it's what I tell people to do. You know, all, yeah, all over said, the country. What are you giving me such a hard time for? Nobody gives me a hard time like yeah, this. Nobody does. Yeah. Okay, Mom, I'll pay the premium. All right, if you're going to pay the premium, yeah. then all right. But I don't want you putting me in a nursing home. I okay. said, Mom, that, that's the other thing about long-term care protection is that it's not a nursing home plan. It's a nursing home avoidance plan. 
When you have the ability to be a private pay patient at a nursing home or an assisted living facility or whatever, you're in a position to decide who's going to give you your care, how often you're going to get your care, where you're going to get your care. And I, I, I met with all the um, care the claims departments of all the carriers in the long-term care space about three weeks ago in Chicago. And I asked them to share with me how the policies are being utilized. Less than 10% of all the policies in force are being paid to someone who's in a nursing home. 91% are being paid to somebody either at home or an assisted living facility or an adult daycare center or some other, other thing other than a nursing home. So the fact that this is nursing home insurance is a very huge misconception. And Yeah, and it, it frustrates me greatly, and I'm not even in your industry when I bring up long-term care because it's funny that it's a passion of mine, although I don't do it. And they go, oh, yeah, we know about that. It's nursing home coverage. And I go, no, no it's no. anti-nursing home coverage. It's, they it's, should it's, call it's, it choice coverage. Yeah. It's all yeah. about choice. It's it gives you choice. the choice to right. pick it, what you want. Exactly. And it's about being in control mm -hmm. at the time. Because, again, if you're going to put yourself at the mercy of the government, guess what? you got to go where the government says yeah. it's authorized and you have to follow their rules, which means you're going to share a room. You're not going to get to yourself and you're going to have other restrictions put upon you. So, And the care is not very good. Yeah, and, uh, well, not some of those, again, we all heard the horror stories. Yeah. Um, you know, again, there, the other reason to have a policy is just that. You, I'm not a big fan of someone overprotecting themselves with with uh, insurance. I, I'm just the opposite. I want someone to put a plan in place that takes the catastrophic risk off the table. You know, you're going to have money coming in, whether you live at home or you live in a, in a facility. Your Social Security is still going to be coming in. The interest off your investments is still going to be coming in. If you have a pension, it's still going to come. You're going to have monies coming in. You can help subsidize the cost. You don't need to. This idea that it must be very expensive because nursing homes are very expensive is another big misnomer. Mm -hmm. Because you can design the plan, first and foremost, to make sure it's affordable. And something is certainly better than nothing. Oh, yeah. You, one of the things you brought up today when we were talking, so I love talking to you during the week when we're, when we're not talking about 62, you know, and you brought up something that, that you use, and I used to use, and I was telling you about it in the car on the way here, and I, and I, and I stopped using it, and I don't know why, because, you know, when you do public speaking, if somebody comes to see your shtick, you know, for the second time in three or six months, they go, you really say the same thing all the time, don't you? And, and the real answer is, well, when it works, when it's right, when the audience is staying involved um, and emotional, uh, you keep going with the same thing. And you brought up something today that I used to bring up all the time, and I stopped, which was, I'm not sure if it's Boston College, UCLA, uh, it even could be Harvard, but you could Google this. But there has been a study done pretty much in January every year for like the last 30 years where they they poll approximately a thousand people approaching retirement and they come up with their top 10 fears and right. pretty much from world war ii till about five or six years ago this makes sense the number one fear was death i mean come on if you're going to ask the older population what's their number one fear it doesn't take karnak to go it's going to be death until about five years ago, for the last five years, 
number one fear of a person approaching retirement is outliving their money. And if you right. just forget for a second that we do reverse mortgages and Mark does long-term care and to a degree we are salespeople, right. this is the way we make a living. Forget that for a second. If you let it sink in that the depth of death moving to number two, how can anybody be scared of anything more than death? And well, yet being it moves broke to and sick is really sad, too. <laughs> because being broke and sick is the worst. It's the worst. And I think that's such a mock on our society. It's so deep that death could move to number two. You're... you're... You're absolutely right. Well, I think actually you moved to number three. I heard that, that public speaking was number two now. Yeah, that, that, well, yeah, I got it. Yeah, it's so funny. We, we think the same. That's another, uh, I hate to do it, but I'm doing it anyway because we're talking about something serious. That's another Jerry Seinfeld thing where he goes, public speaking fear is number one. Death is number two. What that means is if you're at a funeral, you'd rather be in the box than delivering the eulogy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which is like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, um, another but, wise but, Jewish man. Yes. But, but, but again, but what you're saying it holds. I, I hope everybody's listening. I want to get back to my father because there's 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 something to that. But before I do, what you just hit on, my mother, my mother, my grandmother needed long-term care for the last three years of her life. And she ended up spending through her entire life savings while she was in that nursing home. That bothered her more mentally mm-hmm. than anything that was wrong with her physically. Because she felt as if she had no control anymore over, she didn't have the options and choices anymore because her life savings disappeared. Yeah. And she didn't have a long-term care plan. It was, you know, she was, when I, when I got in the business, she was already on the, uh, close to 80 years old so she she um but i mean she did live a nice long life but she but it bothered her more that she ended up spending all her life savings and again the lion's shares of estates in this country end up going to hospitals doctors nursing homes i never knew that because at the end of life you have like 75 percent or 73 percent, i think it is of all the money you'll ever spend on health care will be spent in the last six months of your life. Wow. Wow. Holy mackerel. I learned so much. You add in all those, all those um, costs and expenses that you've had, and yet when you concentrate what happens in the last six months of your life when you need the most care, it accelerates. Mm-hmm. And Unbelievable. So, again, the, these are all things about why people need to deal with it. And, um, again, but I want it crystal clear. It's not... It's not that we can keep you from from getting sick. It's that it's important to have a plan to deal with it in the first place. Absolutely. And it's not because uh, we can have you take a pill or wave a magic wand and and keep you healthy. It's it's um, it, you know again it's dealing with it when it happens mm-hmm. and and doing with it with a in a controlled fashion in a way that says you know what I'm still even in these latter stages of my life I am in control of what's happening to me, and I'm choosing how my life comes to an end, not floating out there on the wind. And if you think about it, it does keep them perhaps from getting sicker because they have that control and they have a little more, I'm sorry? No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. Perhaps right, Nana. So it's just got to make them mentally feel better, 
depression is huge in that age group, especially for the caretaker, because I see my mom now getting very depressed because she's going to visit my dad constantly. And, and I think that maybe she feels like, you know, all focus is on my dad and not her. And even though I call her all the time, but I mean, it really is taking care of both of them, you know, the person that needs it and the person that's being the caretaker. And it keeps them from both perhaps getting sick and sicker. I mean, isn't there, what was the statistic that the... He knows no that question. statistic. What, that what the that? caretaker dies um, diseases. before... What was, what was that statistic? It, it is, well, yes, yeah, 40% of the time, the care uh, provider will die before the person getting the care. That's, if you're a spouse. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the other statistic. It's eight times, 800% more likely that you will end up needing care if you're a caregiver and if not. Oh, my gosh. So, the so, the so basically you have two people that are going to need it then. That, and that's why the insurance companies give you um, uh, a discount and build into the policies a chance for the caregiver to uh, get a break because they know that if they don't give the caregiver a break, they're going to end up with a second claim. And so they'll actually pay usually four weeks a year for the caregiver to take a break from giving care. They call it respite care mm -hmm. so that they can yeah. um, get a break. Otherwise, they know they're going to end up with that, that other person making a claim because of all the stress and, and anxiety that comes with having to be the one that not only administers the care, but also also balancing and, and juggle all the other things that the, maybe the spouse helped them with before, especially when it's a woman giving care to a, a man. Yeah. And that's the most usual situation. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she has to take over the checkbook. She has to take over the, the you know, paying the bills, all the other things that, that yeah. he might have done. Doing all the driving, all the shopping. All the driving, shopping, etc. You're absolutely right. It goes on and on and on. And so it does, it, it takes a toll. I don't care who you are. It takes a toll on the caregiver much more so than the person getting the care. Unbelievable. Now, uh, you started to bring up that there's some huge changes coming. I know we're going to try, I hope, three weeks from today, three or four weeks today, to have uh, you and Peter Gelbwax and Bill Comfort on, the three wise men of the LTC world. They'll be a yeah, star. That's right. We, and, we filed those golden uh, bedpans in the sky. Too. Yeah, there'll be, be a northern, what was it? The, the three wise, star? yeah, the northern the star, the three wise men. men. Yeah, and I'll be yeah. sitting here with gold and frankincense, and, and then I'll say, but look, there's more. <laughs> Muir, okay. But anyway, the, uh, that didn't go over well. But can you give us a little hint of what's coming? I can. But in order to do so, I want to go back to my dad's story because okay. this, this story became such a profound impact on a, I participated uh, with the company that's about to come out with these changes in a, um, a sort of preview of what's coming two weeks ago. And um, they asked me to share the story there and it had such a profound effect upon all these other financial planners and advisors, et cetera, that were there. Because, because you just, you don't realize it till you're in the midst of it, what the impact can be. So my, my father had uh, a cash plan, um, which meant that the benefits from the policy got paid in cash, regardless of what his actual expenses were. And, um, and the plan paid him, I believe it was $4,500 a month in cash. So if his bill was $3,000 that month, he still got the whole $4,500, right? So my mother got the whole $4,500 to take right. care of the cash. Um, if it was only, if it was less than that, so again, they still got the full amount because it was a cash Policy. So 
over the course of the time that they were dealing with this, and again, it was most intense in the last year. Um, my father had been going to adult daycare for better than a year, but she really didn't need start needing the help at night until the last six months of his life. She spent a total of $65,000 on his care. Not too bad, you know, overall. That's because she had a policy come in, and so she was able to keep him at home. Adult daycare, where they are in Boynton Beach, Florida, cost them about, well, $1,300 a month or something like that. And then at the end, she needed to bring somebody in, so obviously the cost went up to more like four or 5000 a month. But until then, she was banking the difference between what she was getting paid and what the actual cost was. So the actual... The policy ended up paying them $220,000 of benefits, of which she spent 65000 on his care. Well, she took that extra $150,000 and put it in the market at the time when, as we all know, the market was going nothing but straight up. So over that six years, that money that she invested more than doubled. So the $150,000 she put in became $300,000, right? And because she never had to take the 65000 that she spent on his care out of their savings, that was also able to stay in the market as well and go up. So the overall impact on their overall financial picture changed dramatically for the better because they had this policy. It wasn't um, just the fact that they got their, their expenses reimbursed. Mm-hmm. They made money on the money. She made, she came out over almost a quarter of a million ahead. That's correct. Which that's correct. And, it made, and so she's wealthier now than she was before my father got sick. Yeah. That's and amazing. Tell me how how often that happens. It's just the opposite if you don't have a plan in place. Oh, that's for sure. And again, it just brings up. I won't mention names. I'll try not to mention names. You know the the moronic <laughs> detractors of long term care insurance. You know some of them in Congress. Um, yes. You know, and some of them have a TV and a radio show, you know, that say the only people that benefit, you know, from long-term care is the insurance salesman. You're wasting your premiums. You're wasting your money. When I hear that from supposed experts on YouTube, on iTunes, these are people with hundreds of thousands of followers. It's just, it's deplorable. Yes. And it, and it, it is because, again, um, I won't mention names either, but, but, uh, uh, the largest organization for seniors has always been a proponent for some sort of social program to, to address long-term care. Yes. Just the single most expensive thing in any state budget yeah. is the cost of Medicaid. Mm-hmm. And the single most expensive thing within Medicaid is the long-term care. In every state, in, the, in all 50 states, yep. tell me how, with a $20 trillion plus deficit, we're going to be able to afford to add that expense into what, you know, what we do now. Yeah. It's not, it's yeah. not, I don't care what kind of math you do. It's not possible. That's exactly and, right. Again, with a lot more know. people entering over 62. Uh, with people, with the with baby the, boomers entering over, now. Over 10,000 people a day, Nada. Right. I know. Turning 62. And the ones that have already turned living longer and longer and longer. Yep. It's a mathematical suicide. That, yeah. that is correct. Yeah. And again, we as a population have stopped having anywhere near the kind of children we used to have. Yeah. Again, you go to these other countries. You, China is a perfect two billion people, right? Right. Well, a, long, a while back, China set that that um, policy in place where you couldn't have more than one child. Mm-hmm. 
They may, they penalized you if you had more than one child. Mm-hmm. Well, now they're facing a huge crisis because they don't have enough kids to take care of the parents that are aging. Wow, nobody so, thought that through. And, uh, nobody thought that yeah. out. So now they have this huge, huge uh, long-term care issue because they don't, they don't have enough. When you don't have enough children to take care of the parent, guess what? They end up becoming dependent upon the government. And and let's face it, even though people don't like to talk about it, they went through a number of years uh, where they were very, where they were frowning on you having little girl babies. That's exactly right. I mean, and, that so, was, and, and who is the most like you most can pick that? The always the woman. The woman. Yeah. Yeah, and if, if the two of you were married, if you were so lucky, uh, Michael, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but if, she'd if be you, lucky if, too, you know. <laughs> Uh, in what in what alternative universe? <laughs> um, the, the, Thank you. Are you if, mailing him a check or something? No. <laughs> if, if, if if Michael, if you were the case, what would happen, Michael? Nada would take care of you if you needed care, because that's what the woman does. She would take care of. You. I you, think she would move her chair to the center and go. It's my show now. That's what I'm. <laughs> it's Nada's sixty-two. Who knows? She, she would take care of you, but, but in all likelihood. Now, you would be well-intentioned. You would say, I'm going to take care of you too, sweetheart. You, too, you were there for me. I'm going to take care yes. of you. You would do that for about two months. And then you'd say, this ain't for me. And you'd stick her in an assisted living facility and chase 25-year-olds. No, I wouldn't do that. And I'm then, Jewish. I would hire somebody to take care of her. <laughs> and hire someone to chase the 25-year-olds. Yeah. And then so, bring her to me because I can't chase yeah. anyone. <laughs> How do you say so, 62 my, women in Spanish? Women by uh, name are the caregivers. <laughs> 62, quien sabía. That's what she changed the name to. Say that again. 62, quien sabía. Yeah, I hit the bucket, we're married. She turns this to 62, who knew in Spanish. That's it. It's over. Spanish. Yes. Well, then you'll play to a, They're going to love you in South America, Mike. <laughs> yeah. You are going to play huge in Chile and Peru. and. I want to... When I don't want to go away from what you're doing because I want to get to this new great stuff that's coming. But one of the topics I do want us to talk about, it won't be today. It's just amazing how fast time goes when you're on the show. It's just ridiculous. Um, but I did want to have an entire show where, you know, when people come to this country, you know, let's talk, let's forget about the problems with immigration. It's the greatest country in the world. People come here. Well, older Latin American people, I'm talking 70s and 80s, English is a very hard second language to learn. So their children are assimilating. They speak perfect English, but a lot of times grandma and grandpa are not understanding, you know, the commercials, the maybe the ads, maybe the mail-outs that they're they getting. They probably don't even they understand don't that it's available. That's right. So I think there is a huge... That's true, Nana. You're right about that. Yes. There's a huge... Trust me, I know. ...in the senior... Latin American market for what you're talking about right now. I almost would like to have do the same exact show again with somebody sitting next to Mark saying every, you know, or captions or something. My wife Spanish. can do that for you. My wife is fluent in Spanish. And really? Nita would get along great. We should let your wife and Nita do a show and then I'll just come over and we'll go to P.F. Chang's. We'll just leave them. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. All right. All right. Let's but, knuckle. <laughs> yes. All right, so let's hear this new product. Yeah, or what's... So this, uh, or this, this new change. Product. This new product is a an improvement upon an existing product we spoke about once before on the show, a hybrid version of long-term care where you combine life insurance and long-term care together so that you take the risk off the table of whether or not you're going to need it. 
And the beauty of this product, and I'm going to keep the carrier a little bit of a secret as a tease for when this happens three weeks from now, so we'll reveal it then as to who it is. Um, but the secret uh, or, the, uh, or the, the, the new improvements to this product are going to be such that you're going to be able to pay into it. It used to be with hybrids that you, the only way you could get them is if you move the lump sum of money into the, into the plant. And not everybody has fifty or a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars sitting around that isn't earmarked for something else. So that would be a drawback for why people could get it. Well, now they're going to be able to pay for the plan or pay into the plan the same way they would pay into a traditional long-term care policy. Wow! So they'll just pay an annual premium, a couple thousand dollars a year or whatever on average. Um, it, they can decide how much that is, and they'll get their benefits paid back to them in the form of cash. Just like I was mentioning with my dad, so they'll, they're going to get a cash amount every month if they have to make a claim. If they pass away and they never use the plan, then their benefit, their loved ones will get a death benefit greater than the amount of money that they put in, almost twice the amount of money they put in. If they decide that for some reason they need that money back, the money is their money. It's not. It's not a premium they're paying. They're not buying something with it. They're just reallocating assets. So the money that's there is is a total cash value to them. They can simply say, give me my money back and get 100% of their, their funds back. But if they need long-term care, they're going to get about four times the amount of money they put in to use toward long-term care. So if over the time they put in money that totals fifty dollars or $100,000, they're going to get $400,000 to spend on long-term care. And even if they use all that money for long-term care, their kids are still going to get a death benefit, about 20% of what the amount of money they put in, to uh, they can use toward their final expenses. This, this will become a paid-up policy at age 100. So they'll pay for it, and at age 100, they'll have a paid-up policy. But that's what will allow them to, in effect, pay the normal amount. Right. You know, an average, an affordable amount instead of having to transfer a lump sum. Just think about what that does. It it does what I was just sharing with you about my dad. It takes it, it takes away that opportunity cost. My mother, if she had to move one hundred thousand dollars into an account when she bought the policy, would have lost the opportunity to have earned all that money on that money because it would have been in this account. Right. Now, by paying it in at two thousand dollars a year. You, you don't lose that opportunity cost. The money can stay where it's been and be invested in the more aggressive things that are helping you bring in a better income. Mm -hmm. The money earns interest while it sits in this account. So right now it's paying at 2.5% interest. So again, you would use money that you would normally use for a money market fund or a passbook savings account, rainy day money. Because you know that you can get the money whenever you need it, but you don't want to really use money you're going to need or touch. Right. So how is the payout based? The payout like if they are sick, if they are sick, is it based on how long they've been putting into it? Or is no. it a set amount that when you buy the policy, it says this is how much you get per month? Exactly. So you know up front how much you're going to get a month. And it's based on what the total amount is going to be at the time that you, you finish paying it off. So, so at 100, at 100, the paid right. up value. Even though you might make a claim before that. Right. You'll see the benefits as though you had put the whole 100,000 in. So it's, it's, it's a win, win, win situation 
frankly, that sounds too good to be true. Almost, <laughs> almost, almost too good to be true. But what it, what it, what I'm saying is that it certainly takes the argument off the table for why someone should get traditional long term care. That's right. So if you're already in a policy, and here's what happens so often lately with traditional plans. Before you were making the point that um, uh, long term care insurance is um, is just a profit, uh, you know, thing for the for the insurance company. Just the opposite has been true. They underpriced these products so much that most of the policies out there have needed to have pretty dramatic rate increases. Well, now a person is got it when they're 60 and now they're 80 and they get hit with a, a rate increase of 50, 60, 70, 80 percent in some cases more than that. And they go, I can't afford to, to, to make those payments. Well, instead of ever being subject to a rate increase ever again, you take exactly the same amount of money you've been spending right now, you put it on a policy like this, and now you have a guaranteed benefit with no chance of a rate increase because there's nothing to increase. There's no rate. Mm-hmm. You're, all you're doing is reallocating funds from one account to another. And so there's nothing to increase. You can control exactly how much you spend. Know you're not going to get a rate increase. Know that you can get these benefits out in cash when the time comes. And know that if you pass away and never need it, someone else is going to get paid. And what is that amount? Is it going to be what they put into the policy or is there going to be some sort of... No, it's approximately, it depends on what age you get it, but it's approximately two times the amount. Okay. On the death That's so awesome. That's really good. Right. Now, there's a lot more to this than just there's more, like you like to say. But there's a lot more to this, Michael. So I'm going to share all that with you when we come back in a few weeks. And, and again, if you have the uh, much smarter part of the trilogy and Peter and, and, and um, Bill on, then we'll be able to really tout some of the finer points uh, of this. Because there there's, there's a few other additional perks that you can do to help increase the benefits to uh, make the policy that much more flexible and effective and to get some tax considerations as well if you utilize it right. Well, just the ability for Mr. and Mrs. Mid-America, who I consider right. Mr. and Mrs. Mid-America, you know, quite frankly, making sixty to 100000 a year between mom and dad, they have that 700 credit score. They have a pretty house. They take two weeks vacation. But the ability to write a check for 100000 for anything is just not right. there. It's just right. not. For those people to go, wait a minute, I can spend two, three, five thousand 5000 a year and right. build this into a $100,000 policy that will right. have twice the and death benefit. And I'm not benefit. risking anything. Yeah, twice the death benefit, four right. times the long-term care. And no risk. I can have. And my I can money have back. all my money back I mean, when that, I need that it. That should take all the deterrence of long term right. care. It sounds like I'm trying to sell you a bridge. Yeah. But, but 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 the truth is that that again the math works, and and it's finite. And again, there's a lot of we can talk about why it works too when when we do the next show. But um, uh, but again, the it, it, I really do think it's a major game changer in how we approach our long term care risk in this country. And even those that have policies now should seriously consider making the conversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never said that ever before in my 30 years. I've never thought you should replace a product because you're never going to get the same value that you already got, you right. know, when they have, but now I am, I am, I have drank the Kool-Aid. I am absolutely on board with the fact that I think this changes the way we as consumers should approach this risk. Oh, there's no so, doubt. No more doubt. to come, more to come. Um, 
when it comes to to uh, the long-term care. And again, I happen to have a sneak peek of this because I sat on the advisory board that helped design the original product. And um, we about two years ago, we gave a lot of feedback to the company that's created this as to what we thought the marketplace needed. And for for the first time in my 30 plus years, an insurance company listened <laughs> and, um, and, and innovated and adapted those things and figured out actuarially how to make them work. Let me ask, I know we may, I know we want to wait for a lot of specifics for uh, when all three of you are here and the official announcement is made. But health qualifications, are we urinating in something and taking blood? Easier? Easier than traditional long-term care. So because at its heart, it's a life insurance policy with a long-term care policy built into it. So as a result, it gets underwritten as a life insurance policy first. And that's based on your mortality than more on your morbidity right and so it's broader in its ability to accept people so it so it will look at that now the other big, big perk is when you come to long traditional long-term care women will almost always pay more for the right. coverage than men why because if you go to a nursing home or an assisted living facility there's about seven to eight times more women there than men and the reason that is again Women take care of the man. The man passes. Now the woman doesn't have any support system at home. Mm -hmm. So she has to go to a facility much earlier in her health curve. And because they live longer, they stay there longer. The average man stays in a facility, if he stays a year, about two and a half years. The average woman, if she passes a year in a facility, will stay on average about 4.3 years. Wow. So that's why you see so many more women than men. Well, under this plan, just the opposite happens. Because women live longer, the mortality rate gives them more benefits than, than a man gets. So they're actually going to get more benefit than a man of the same age and, and the like because, because it's based on their, their mortality. And that in itself, Makes it a, a really a, a, a life changer, a real life changer. What, um, John? How much time do we have left? Oh well, good. Do me a favor, just for our audience, because you mentioned two words. Almost everybody knows what mortality is, but I've learned from you and and others that a lot of people out there don't know what morbidity is. They're used to a mortality table. When are you going right. to die? Can you explain so, us so it's just, difference? It's, right. Mortality is, is your life expectancy. Right. And, and morbidity is your likelihood to start to break down and need care, mm -hmm. whether it's with your activities of daily life, bathing, dressing, toiling, transferring, continence, feeding, or if it's with because of a cognitive reason. Again, 40, 50 years ago, who knew from Alzheimer's? Yeah. Because we didn't live long enough to have to deal with it. Yeah. And and, and, I'm, and again, I'm convinced that we're on the cutting edge of care and how we deliver care in this country um, to, to, to also be able to say that in the next decade or two, Alzheimer's will become a chronic illness like, like diabetes is now. You'll take a pill that will stop the plaque from spreading in your brain, and that will allow you to deal with it instead of having it become the fatal illness it was for my dad. Well, the, uh, our mutual friends at the Weizmann Institute 
who have been right. kind enough to be on twice. They're, according to them, it, it's happening. It's happening, it's happening as we testing. speak. So, right, laboratory rats and stuff like that, they're already there. But, but again, it, th- these things take forever to come to market. and uh, Especially in America, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, that's what's they, so they, sad. NATO will be out of her 20s by the time this comes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Aren't you sweet? <laughs> <laughs> you sure you're not sending they me the score points, Michael. I hope you're taking notes. How to score points. How to score points. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. So, so what I'm just saying, so, again, uh, more to come on that. Um, I mean, the software isn't even out for us to be able to quote it yet. There's no brochures yet. So there's no, there's, you literally, your audience has gotten a sneak peek of coming attractions that nobody else in the country has got, well, with the exception of a few of us advisors. Well, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, we're making some changes in 62, who knew? Not, not too many, but some real changes again. We've made a couple in nine months. Uh, we are changing the name of the show. We're sticking with 62, who knew, because we love that name. But it is becoming 62, who knew, uh, the funding longevity uh, initiative or the longevity initiative. Sometimes I do think it should be funding longevity initiative, um, but there is a funding longevity task force out there that specifically deals with reverse mortgages, uh, and they do a great job, and I don't think I could use that term. I think that's a wonderful concept because, again, you know, I said to you, maybe long-term care shouldn't be called long-term care. It should be called extended care. It could also be called longevity care. Yeah, well, I've, I think, again, 10 years ago, whether it was you or Peter Gelbwax or, or Bill Comfort, I remember uh, sitting in one of your speeches when, uh, when I first was introduced to you, and one of you three said... Um, that long-term care is literally longevity insurance. That's what it is. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it was a brilliant statement at the time. It was probably Peter or, or Bill. <laughs> well, you know, long. What'd you say, John? One minute. All wow. right. Well, in the one minute remaining, thank Ada, you. You would be surprised what I can do with one minute. <laughs> Your wife says that's stretching it, I'll be honest with you. I, I, she, she wants to know what to do with the extra 45 seconds. <laughs> well, in the now 45 seconds that's remaining, as always, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you so much for being a friend and a mentor. Uh, and for the change. great information. Yep. Uh, that's really gonna, great information. My honor to always be here and to be your Bob Hope. I don't know if I could aspire to anything well, greater. I want to hit a golf ball or something now. Or, well, uh, For those of us that will know this reference in the last 20 seconds, uh, all I can say is thanks for the memories. Now, only the older guys, only the older people will get that. Thanks for the memories. That was Bob Hope's thing. Tune in next week. I wanted to talk about your nephew today because we're going to be flying him down, one of the world's greatest magicians. But there's two seconds left, so we'll talk about it next week. Thank you. (laughs) 